I'm on no sleep. No sleep. You don't know what it's like in there. All night long, things are creaking and cracking, and that red light is burning my brain. You look a little stressed. Oh, I'm stressed. But I don't want to be a secondary character. so addicted to this chicken. You know Kenny Rogers Roasters actually opened up next door? No. Yeah, there's like this red neon chicken and it's going into my bedroom. Really? You, is it affecting your sleep? Oh, it is and I can't resist the taste. Are you just going to talk diluted shit today? Basically. Oh, there's some water on my finger. <laughs> it tastes like blood. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Are you seeing uh, tomato juice's milk? Yes, I am actually. <laughs> and he's soaking it up with a uh, kitchen glove? Basically, with yes. With a cooking glove and squeezing it back into a jug? Yes, I think we should switch houses for a while. Okay, yeah. <laughs> cool, I'll become like you, which is, I don't know. Eating have, any food that's on the food pyramid. Yeah, and you'll become like me, which is not very interesting at all. No, no. I don't know. We don't have enough distinguishing features to swap personalities <laughs> and for it to be funny. Oh, I'm sure we could make a thing of it. You yeah. know, you'll become me and I'll become you. Okay. You know, you know how Jerry becomes Kramer and vice versa? Yes, in this I episode? do. Yes. yes. And uh, speaking of this episode, this week we are doing The Chicken Rooster and welcome to another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. You're with Stephen. And uh, you're with Ivan. Yes, that's what I was going to say. You're, uh, you're uh, with Ivan. Here's Johnny. Yes. Season 8, episode 8 of Seinfeld we are talking about today. That's right, Stephen. The Chicken Roaster and a few interesting secondary characters today. We've got uh, Jerry's old college buddy, Seth, who... Uh, Likes hanging out and goofing off with his buddies more than important Citibank account meetings. Making terrible, terrible decisions. Indeed. Heather, who is uh, George's episode girlfriend, who has a Marissa Tomei kind of vibe to her. That's right. To and uh, Roger Ipswich, the very, very astute and very serious accountant. Yes, from the town of Ipswich in, in uh, Brisbane, <laughs> yeah. in Queensland. Yes, <laughs> and, <laughs> from what uh, I hear. Yep. Yes. And uh, well-known secondary is also in this episode, Newman and uh, Peterman, who we'll talk about a touch, but uh, not a whole lot. And also off screen uh, for, I think, their ninth or tenth ever episode, uh, Bob Sacamano. Yes. Yes, that's right. That's right. And uh, Moochie as well. Oh, Moochie. An unseen right. character. <laughs> How's Moochie these days? He's, He's dead. dead. Oh, really? Oh, really? Okay. Yes. I wonder if he was called Moochie because he was just a moocher. He was just a slacker. Probably. Yep. Have you ever seen Half-Baked? No. Okay. It's a stoner movie with... Um, Dave Chappelle, right? Dave Chappelle. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And there's... I can't remember the character's name or even if he has a name, but because uh, they're just a stoner house and they just sit around getting all day... Uh, sitting, sit around all yeah. day getting stoned. Yeah. There's just a guy who lives on the couch, but no one knows how he got there. <laughs> he doesn't pay rent. He just sleeps on the couch. Nice. And it's just this recurring gag that this guy on the couch is just always there. <laughs> and he's mooching. Yeah. Yeah. Totally mooching. I, I imagine Moochie would be someone like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he yeah. died. Maybe someone got so frustrated with him, they, they killed him or something like or that. Or maybe he was just on the couch so much and he couldn't be bothered cooking and he starved. Or... Maybe it was like he died with a falafel in his hand. You know, oh, he, yeah. He'd been dead for a week and someone was like, hey, what's up with Moochie? I don't yeah. know. He's dead. <laughs> How come he's all white and he smells? Yeah. <laughs> Can you smell decomposing flesh? <laughs> they try to, you know, lift his arm and it rips off. <laughs> Rigor mortis. Oh, Oy. shit. If uh, you want to get in touch with us, you can. We have an email address, bidbubask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C podcast at gmail.com. 
We are on all social medias, so say hello on there, please. At Bibblebast, yes. And we are also on Patreon. So for a dollar or two a month, you get a shout-out on the podcast. And uh, if you give $2 or more a month, you get some extra bonus stuff. And there's some more bonus content that's coming out in the next few weeks, which we're really excited about. That's right. Can't wait. And a shout-out to our one and only patron... Patron? Patreon. Patron, yes. Patron. Patron. So far. Yes. Uh, he's a patron of the arts, the podcast arts. Uh, Tim. Tim, so yes. Thank you for your support. Thank uh, you very and much, Tim. Uh, yeah, if you want to support us, that would be amazing. Yes. Uh, also, we are available on every podcast service. Uh, and if you want to leave us a five star review, that would really help out. And if you want to tell friends or family about us, that would be amazing as well. If uh, anyone you know, anyone at all is a Seinfeld fan, uh, spread the word. Let yes. them know. And uh, that would be phenomenal. And Stephen, I'm really impressed with our download numbers in the last week or so. You know, our numbers have really gone up more and we're really, really happy about that. So thank you very much for the support. And I'm sure, you know, this podcast is going to other people's feeds and into their ears, which is great. Yeah, no. So thank this, you very much for the support. I think this has been our best week so far in terms of numbers. So yeah, uh, yeah if you are a new listener, welcome and thank you for your support. Uh, and if you're a long-time listener, Thank you again for your support. We really appreciate it. Yes, indeed. Let's get into the kitchen because you're going to serve up some uh, Seinfeld news. Family feast. <laughs> Okay, on this week's Seinfeld news, kicking off uh, with a non-Seinfeld, but still Seinfeld-related news item, a man in Suffolk, England, he has pledged recently to pick up a million cigarette butts throughout the remainder of his life. Uh, he's in his 50s. Is he going to smoke them? No. <laughs> yeah, he's going to smoke them, throw them on the ground, and then pick them up again. Yes. Yep. No. Uh, in 2015, uh, he started... Uh, he's an amateur photographer, and he started uh, photographing local sunsets, because apparently it's quite nice around there. Uh, and in all of his photos, as he was editing them, he noticed that there was just tons and tons of tons of rubbish uh, all over the beaches. Yeah. Um, and that really sort of uh, lit a fire under his butt. And uh, <laughs> so, so to speak, so to speak, yeah, it's true. Uh, nice punch, yeah, there, Stephen. It was Very accidental. Good. That's how good I am now. It's it's unconscious. <laughs> it just happens. Um, he uh, so he started in September at the start of September, and so far he's picked up nineteen thousand cigarette butts. Nice. And uh, obviously he has a long way to go. And the Seinfeld connection being that his name is Jason Alexander. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's his so name. It wasn't even mentioned in the Seinfeld article. I just typed in Jason Alexander into Google to find out any recent news items about him, and it came up, and I'm like, that's a cool enough story to, to include. We have to tweet this to the real Jason Alexander. Yes. See what he's got to say. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe he'll uh, pick up some cigarette butts as well. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> he sucks them down like Coca-Cola. <laughs> like Coca-Cola. <laughs> he used to feeling good all the time. <laughs> Oh, yeah, long-time smoker. You know when George is smoking? He's like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the second bit of news uh, is about the new game, Marvel Spider-Man, which is out now, I believe, on yes, PS4. Yes, I know, and it's a shame because I don't actually have a PS4, but I've played the demo and it looks sick. Yeah, I yeah. saw a bit of gameplay on YouTube and it looks really, really yeah, cool. Amazing. I'm not much of a gamer, but I was mm -hmm. very impressed. Mm -hmm. uh, so the game itself has a lot of Easter eggs, yeah. including a Seinfeld Easter egg. Oh, a Seinfeld one. Well, I guess Spider-Man is set in New York, so that kind of makes sense. That's Let me true. guess, is Frank Costanza one of the villains? Yes. Yeah, because he yep. it's set in Queens, right? Yeah. Oh, no, but Peter Parker's from Queens, yeah. isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, in New yeah. York, yes. That would be amazing. That, yeah. <laughs> Festivus for the rest of us. That's yep. the mission. Spider-Man has to say Festivus from Frank. <laughs> I got something he's, to say he's, about He's taken it too far. He's trying to spread Festivus, like, outside of just his home, <laughs> and he's just trying to spread it across the world. Yeah, and then Spider-Man comes up to him, and Frank goes, you saying you want a piece of me? <laughs> <laughs> I 
want the whole thing. Yeah, Spider-Man's like, I want the whole thing. <laughs> and then it freeze frames with them about to punch yeah. each other. That's in the mission. <laughs> Sick. This, what? This game's unresolved. This is so unsatisfying. <laughs> yeah. I, want my money, I want my money back. No, the real Easter egg uh, is a reference to... Uh, I can't remember the episode name, but where Kramer is lost and he's like on the opposite side of town and there's uh, where First Street intersects with First Street. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. do you remember? Kramer's like on the phone with Jerry and he's like walking around lost. Oh, crap. Oh, he's think. like visiting his girlfriend who lives like downtown or like the opposite side of town. And then they, the way they talk about it... As Let me try and a, find it. Let me, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's as if it's as if like that part of town is like another city. It may as well be oh, like yeah, right. Texas okay. or something, Seinfeld, you know, because it's so far away from where they live. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so what happens? Yeah. So uh, the, the Easter egg itself was, um, uh, I guess, um, what's the word? Uh the creative director, his name's Brian uh, Intaha. Intaha, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he really, really pushed for the reference to be um, in the game, um, yeah. and it's basically Peter Parker. When you arrive at a certain place of the map, I think he makes a quip, or he makes a comment um, about the fact that he can't. It basically he says Kramer's line. I can't remember what it is, and I didn't note it down stupidly. Yeah. Um, but if you just look for the episode, I'm sure you'll find the line. Yeah, yeah. I'm reading. I'm, I'm reading bits of the article. Yep. Actually, yeah. Yeah. It's been tossed. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. So he, Spider is tracking down a USB drive that's been tossed in the garbage. Right. With the help of a sanitation worker, he races to intercept a garbage truck as it makes its way to the incinerator. When tracking it down, Peter's told to look out for a particular pizza place called Jerry's. To which Peter replies, "Is that the original Jerry's?" Yeah, no, that's that's yeah. from the episode because because yeah. uh, Jerry's trying to give Kramer some landmarks to reference to yeah. find to help him figure out where he is, and he goes, I, and I think Kramer's like, oh, I see Jerry's pizza, and he's like, is it the original Jerry's? Oh yeah, yeah, nice, yeah, yeah. and it's so and it's, subtle yeah, that reference, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, great. That's the one. Thank you for for yeah. uh, clearing that up. No, that's all right. Uh, third bit of news: uh, Modern Family star Sarah Highland. Through the week, she was spotted. She was papped, as they say, mm. uh, wearing a really, really cool vintage Seinfeld T-shirt. It's literally the Seinfeld logo on a white T-shirt. Yeah, Fabulous. really cool. I really, really cool. want one of those. Yeah, me you too. see a lot of Seinfeld merchandise, but you never see that. No, you always see like the Kramer. Um, you know, like his he's having a good time all the time. Yeah, you know, like all good merchandise, but you never just see the logo. I know. I've got to get one of those too. Yeah. Uh, So she was uh, photographed through the week in Los Angeles uh, and she was wearing her T-shirt over sports leggings and I think she was going for a coffee or she had some sort of drink in her hand. Yeah, sure. Yeah. there you go. I hope she's a fan of Seinfeld. She's not actually just wearing it ironically like an annoying hipster. And I hope she listens to Beeple Bars too. And if you're not Sarah, what the hell are you doing? Yes. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, even though that would be useless because she wouldn't be listening to it. No. Oh, well. Oh, well. Anyway. She's missing out. She is. <laughs> Less coffee, more Beeple Bars. Indeed. That's Final- my life. <laughs> But I drink too much coffee. That's the problem. Not a uh, not. That's not an issue. There's no such thing as too much coffee. <laughs> that's that's right. Anyway, final bit of news, and to end it on a positive note. Yeah. Uh, most weeks over the last month or two, uh, there's been a bit of an update on Julia Louis Dreyfus's uh, ongoing recovery from her breast cancer diagnosis a year ago. Mm-hmm, yes. Uh, through the week, she sat down with People Magazine and she uh, gave an interview, and it was probably the most in-depth uh, chat that she's had publicly, at least, um, about her breast cancer diagnosis and mm-hmm. her recovery. Yeah. And uh, her recent return to the set of Veep. Yeah. Uh, they're filming the seventh season, which I believe will be uh, airing next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and in the interview, she—it's a really long interview—and um, I encourage you to read it. I will put a link in the show notes as well as to all the other articles. I shall, definitely. Yes. Yep. Uh, and in the interview, she uh, expressed a lot of gratitude, especially towards her husband and her sons. 
um, and also for her uh, Veep crew, so the producers and her colleagues and stuff. Uh, and she also, I, I think she just was in a very um, uh, a gratitude mood. Grat- yeah. She was in a gratitude mood. She was in a good place. Yeah. A very good place. And uh, yeah. she expressed a lot of gratitude and thankfulness for her, I guess, just general good fortune, not only after her diagnosis, but in her life. She's been very successful in her comedy career. Yes. And uh, a lot of people don't uh, get that sort of success. So I think uh, she's she's very humble. She is. Considering uh, what she went through. Very good, Stephen. And I think we're the probably the only podcast with rolling Julie Louis-Dreyfus coverage. Yeah, we, you know, we said this last we have to be. Yeah, so, I think yeah. so. Yep. We're the uh, the number one source for JLD news. That's right. That's us. Yeah. <laughs> On yep. the ground with JLD. On the ground with JLD. Yes. And that's all the Seinfeld news for the week. Very good, Stephen. Thank you very much for that. Let's have a quick break. And when we come back, we're talking about season eight's The Chicken Roaster, which I think is a very funny episode, a very great season eight episode. But we'll talk about the episode. I'll give a plot synopsis after this. And uh, we'll talk a bit about the secondary characters, won't we? Hey Seinfeld fans, we've got lots of really cool things we're planning for Bidwabask in the future. That's right, we're growing and evolving. And to help us in that process, we're asking you to take literally two minutes to answer a really small survey that we've set up. That's right, if you head to the link that's in our show notes of the podcast, we'd really, really appreciate it. We sure would. And uh, thanks so much for your support. And now on to this week's episode. You're looking for a brand new podcast with some interesting guests? Well, you found it. Listen to In Melbourne last week with me, Ivan Pugioni. I talk to a different guest every week about their occupation, their hobby, their love for something, whatever it may be. Always interesting, so be sure to subscribe. I'm on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and Podbean. So be sure to get in touch and listen to some really cool people on a really cool podcast. Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, a Seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters of the show. And this week we are doing The Chicken Roaster, a season eight classic, I would say. Yes, episode eight of that season, which is, right. I, I think it's a great episode. Yeah, um, it's uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a much loved episode. Mm, and it made me crave chicken. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure it wasn't the same for you, but. Well, <laughs> you, you were craving the smell. It's sometimes the wood that makes it good. That's right. So, you know. Yeah. Well, I can have smoked, you know, or you know, wood in wood flavor infused other things. Yeah, not chicken. Nice. So I can enjoy the same flavor, just not the same <laughs> uh, the same carrier of the flavor. And wood fired tofu. Wood uh, smoked tofu is bloody delicious. It's delicious, isn't it? Oh, so oh, good. Jeez. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna have to have some. It's really, really good. Ah, beauty. Anyway. Why don't you uh, take us through the synopsis? Sounds good to me. The Chicken Roaster, first aired in the US November 14, 1996, directed by Andy Ackman, written by Alec Berg and Jeff Schaffer. Oh, Schaefer. Uh, a Kenny Rogers chicken restaurant opens up across from Jerry and Kramer's building. The light from the red neon chicken on the roof beams into Kramer's apartment. It takes a toll on his sleep schedule. So he proposes to switch apartments with Jerry until he can shut down the restaurant by protesting. You know bad I- chicken. Don't eat it. It's bad chicken. We're going to do it like we did in the 60s. Take it to the streets. Take it to the streets. You know what I've just realized? What's that? If it doesn't already exist, someone should do it. If you're good at photoshopping and making memes, the uh, Aurora Borealis... <laughs> Uh, steamed hams meme because you know how uh, Chalmers is like what the hell is going on there and he's like Aurora Aurora Borealis imagine uh, Chalmers in front of uh, Kramer's apartment you know with the red light coming out like what the hell's going on in there (laughs) and then Skinner's like photoshopped over Kramer's apartment door and he's like Aurora Borealis I'm sure that's been done oh damn it (laughs) if it hasn't been uh, you give me credit. I have seen various memes of of the chicken roaster scene, especially the one where Kramer opens Jerry's door and then like the light shines on Kramer, you know, and then Kramer just kind of pulls back. Yeah, I think there's memes of that. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, them, no, yeah. it's a it's a it's a very like memeable sort of scene. It sure is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> my eyes. 
<laughs> anyway, so where were we? So, yeah, there's that red neon chicken. Jerry, you know, Kramer can't sleep and he's wrecked. Uh, Jerry runs into an old college friend named Seth, played by Mark Roberts, who decides to skip a work meeting to catch up. Jerry learns that the meeting was vital for Seth's job, and he tells Jerry that he was fired the next time they meet. He ends up becoming the assistant manager at the restaurant. <laughs> I would, but I realised I'm the assistant manager. First you're led to believe that he's the manager, but it uh, turns out he's only the assistant manager. I know, so he can't really... No, make, he can't do... Can't turn the sign off. He can't, no. Meanwhile, acting J. Peterman president Elaine has fun charging various items to the company expense account, including I'm, an $8,000 sable Russian hat for George. I'm the president. I'm the president. Can I fire you? No. No. <laughs> so good. I thought I can get away with anything. I like the look, you know, the phone scene when uh, she's like, oh, dear. And she hangs up the phone and is like, I'll see you, you know, first thing in the morning. Yeah. And then Jerry's left on the line is like, hello. Hello. Anybody? Anybody? And I love how I love how Ipswich also sarcastically says, oh, yes, we know you're president and we're very impressed. And then Lane's like, mm, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> He'd, um, George decides to leave the hat at his date's house. Heather, the hat salesman, she's played by Kimberly Khalil. So he can find an excuse for a second rendezvous. Costanza. Costanza. It's like a commercial jingle. <laughs> when he calls her to get the hat back, Heather claims that the hat isn't there, prompting Elaine and George to go to her apartment to try and find it, with no success. Elaine's informed by the company accountant Ipswich, played by Marco D. Roberts, and he's from Ipswich in Queensland, no he's not, that they need to see the hat so he can be claimed as a legitimate expense. George decides to steal Heather's clock as an act of revenge. And if you're listening <laughs> from Ipswich in Australia, or even Ipswich in England, and you're an accountant... For a big firm, let us know. Yep, I'd be curious. Yeah, it just you know. Have you ever had anyone try to charge an eight thousand dollars sable hat? Yes, or an eight thousand dollars anything? Yes, to your company's expense account. Please, and you've had to pull them up and uh, consult with the board and get them fired. Yeah, well, let Has us that know. That ever happened? That specific yeah. thing that would be an yeah. amazing Seinfeldism. Oh, that'd be like Seinfeldism of the year. Yeah. Right there. Or in fact, if there's any, if there's been any company expense which you know sounds a bit off. And you, you know you were in HR or you were an accountant or something, and you thought, "Hang on, this doesn't look right." And did someone try and replace uh, what was claimed with a much cheaper, shittier version? Exactly. Of it? Was it like you bought the sable but you tried changing it over to the Nutria to the did rat hat? And to the rat hat, yes, indeed. <laughs> I got a rat hat. You got a rat hat. This is poor quality, <laughs> even by hat rat hat <laughs> yeah. standards. Kramer develops an addiction to the Kenny Rogers chicken thanks to Newman, and Jerry finds it hard to sleep in Kramer's apartment, causing him to gradually take on Kramer's mannerisms while Kramer takes on Jerry's. And I've got to say, for Jerry Seinfeld, this is probably one of his best acting roles yeah. or his best, you know, episodes he's ever done acting wise. You yeah, know, he almost out Kramer's Michael Richards, which is pretty hard to do. Giddy up, giddy up. Yeah, yeah, yeah he does. He he takes oh, the piss out of Kramer's yeah. uh, idiosyncrasies, mm. and he does it really well. It really well. But exactly. I guess filming Seinfeld for eight years and being around him on set all the time, <laughs> you you get pretty good at doing yeah. his uh, doing a Kramer. He's had enough training. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jerry suggests to Elaine that she buy a rat fur hat in Battery Park for forty dollars. By Do you, my friend Bob Bob Bob's Bob's <laughs> yeah. He's well, got a friend who yeah. sells hats down at. What is it? Battery no, Park? No, he, he sells battery. Oh, he, sells he, house, sells hats. he sells hats at Battery Park oh, for, 40 right, right. Yep. for 40 bucks. Uh, but this doesn't fly with Ipswich. Uh, Elaine heads to Burma to seek out Peterman's signature so the expense can be just, excuse me, justified. Mm. Uh, Jerry confronts Kramer about his addiction, and they agree to switch apartments again. Jerry causes Kenny Rogers to shut down after shaking Elaine's rain-soaked rat hat all over the restaurant. George misses out on a second date with Heather after she discovers the stolen clock uh, when meeting for an exchange for the sable hat. Well, he thinks it's an exchange, but Heather just wants to give him a second chance. What's in there? Damn salami. Yeah, damn salami. <laughs> That's the last time the delicacessen gets my order wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> just blaming the salami for the ringing. Why wouldn't you just say I bought a clock and it's going off? Like it's oh god, he's but, dumb. But she knows it's her clock. No, but not when it's in the bag. Yeah, yeah. You could just say, oh no, I bought a clock and it's ah, uh, it's I don't George. Know. Yeah, it's George. He always he can't admit defeat or admit fault. Yeah, he's got to always and he's terrible. He's a terrible. He's a good liar, but he's a terrible liar under oh, pressure. He sure is. Yeah. Uh, Kramer yearns for Kenny Rogers' chicken, repeating Kenny. 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 When he's got his mouth up. That's right. Kenny. Over and over. And also in the in the credit scene where he goes, Kenny. Mm. Kenny. Kenny. Uh, while he's displaying a Kenny comeback sign outside his window. Kenny comeback. You know, da, 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 and I just, uh, and I just can't live without you. Boom, boom. Can he come back? Yes. Nice. Indeed. Yeah, good harmony there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, other secondaries include a Wesley Leong, he plays a clerk, and Christopher Aguilar, Aguilar, or Aguilar, plays the Burmese boy. Hmm. Yes. Okay. You speak Burmese. No, that was just gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> Trivia for the episode, Stephen. Now, I've got a very interesting one. Um, the real Kenny Rogers Chicken. You've probably heard of this, Steve. Um, so, Kenny Rogers Chicken is obviously a real franchise. It was. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, it still is. Nope. No, no, no. It is. Uh, in Southeast Asia. Yeah, that's right. Yep. I was going to mention that. Yeah. So, before I do get into some info about Kenny Rogers, yes, it was in America. Mm-hmm. And yeah, other other uh, countries. Uh, originally, the, the chain disliked the episode at first. They claimed that the Jerry Hat scene would cause bad publicity. Uh, later on, Kenny Rogers himself he supported the episode as he claimed that it was excellent free publicity, mm. and they loved it so much that they even supplied the cast and crew with a catered dinner. Yeah, yeah. I heard uh, on Signcast. I listened to that one for this episode, and yeah. they watched the DVD extras. Hey, boys, Matt and Vinny. Yes, hey guys. And they said that um, the uh, the the writers basically said, "Oh, okay. Well, we won't we won't sort of um, you know put Kenny uh, Rogers Chicken in a bad light." Yeah, um, <laughs> so know, to speak. Bad red knee online. Bad red knee yeah, online. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll write it like in a positive way. Yeah. Uh, but they basically lied to them. They kept the same plot. And when the um, the executives and all the people from Kenny Rogers were on set watching them film for the day. Yeah. And then once they got to filming the scene where uh, all of the restaurant goers are covered in rat hat fur, the 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 staff at Kenny Rogers was so stoked to be there that no one said anything. Yeah. So they kind of yeah. got away with it. They yeah. basically lied yeah. up until the point of filming, and then they thought, "Oh shit, they're going to say something." But they were just so happy to be there; they didn't care. <laughs> yeah. So they just course. got away with it. They were on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. And then Kenny, like I said, Kenny Rogers himself, he was happy with it. Yeah. So why not? Worked out. What do you have? Uh so um the line where Elaine says that she's going down like Nixon um she that parallels actually uh Richard Nixon's firing of a guy named Archibald Cox. Oh right that was during the Watergate scandal right. That's right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Archibald Cox was the prosecutor who was pursuing Nixon over Watergate which uh mirrors the current Trump Mueller uh controversy ah, or back yes. and forth happening uh right now. So you know a lot of people are comparing uh you know, Trump possibly if he fires Mueller, uh, yeah, as a uh, Nixon firing uh, Archibald Cox. So if Seinfeld the- was rebooted and the Chicken Roaster came out, Elaine <laughs> yeah. would, instead of saying Nixon, for say I'm going down like Trump. I'm going down like Trump. I'm going down like Trump. Well, Trump has to go down first. Oh, that's true. You know, he's not down yet. Yeah, um, and it's so- not the only going down that he's done. So you know, okay, <laughs> Trump. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
yeah. <laughs> with his uh, with his lifestyle. <laughs> yes. Anyway, this episode reveals that a Bob Sacamano, or that Bob Sacamano, rather, he's a real person. Uh, Jerry talks to him on the phone, and Elaine buys the Nutria hat from him off screen. That's right. So confirms it. So up to this point, Kramer was the only character who even interacted with Bob Sacamano. Mm. But now Jerry and Elaine do. Yeah, sort of uh, legitimizes his existence. Exactly. Yes. Uh, Jerry, you probably missed this one, Steve. But Jerry's usual Superman figurine on his bookshelf. Uh, you probably noticed where the hell is it? It's replaced by Kramer's Facili Jerry. Yes. From the season six episode of the same name. I did notice that. Mm, yeah. yeah. Interesting. So I noticed that as I was watching it, but uh, I didn't note it down the sign for mm, trivia. Yes, yes. There you go. Mm. Uh, why don't we talk about some secondaries? Actually, or do you I, have any more trivia? I had, yeah, I had a bit oh, more, okay, right, right, right. Yes, sorry. Did you have any more trivia? No. Okay. I'll, I'll rattle off the last couple. Uh, so the scene where Elaine travels to Burma to meet Peterman, it's a parody of the 1979 war film Apocalypse Now, including his line, The Horror. The horror. That was uttered by Marlon Brando. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, a sable, in case you're wondering. I didn't know what a sable was until mm. I did prep for this ep. Uh, a sable's a breed of rabbit. It's also a dog coat pattern and a ferret coat colouring. Okay. There you go. Huh. Um, a nutria is the trade name for the furs and skins of a koipu, a large rodent native to South America. Right. And Kenny Rogers Roasters, as I have mentioned, is actually a real-life chain. Uh, used to have franchises in the United States and uh, other parts of North America. About 350, I believe. That's right. The last franchise to operate in the United States was closed on December 31, 2011. It was located in the Ontario Mills Mall in Ontario, California. Uh, they now solely serve Asia and parts of the Middle East, and it was founded by by country singer Kenny Rogers and former KFC CEO and former governor of Kentucky, John Y. Brown Jr. Huh. Yes. I wonder if uh, the state of Kentucky thought that their mayor for, uh, founding another chicken company that isn't Kentucky Fried Chicken was some sort of like betrayal. But isn't... I thought Kentucky Fried Chicken was from another state though. Is it? I heard it wasn't I've, from Kentucky. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have no idea. Okay. My knowledge of roast chicken <laughs> franchises in America is very, very nil. No, very small. Okay. I'll Google it after this. Yes. Yeah, cool. Anyway, let's get into the second secondary. Yeah, I'm not doing too well. Let's get into the secondary characters. That's what I was going to say. Sure. Yes. Let's start with Seth. Yes, Seth. He's played by writer and producer Mark Roberts. He hasn't had too many acting credits, but he's known for writing and producing for TV sitcoms Mike and Molly and Two and a Half Men. That's right. And yes. he was actually in Friends. Uh, he was in The Larry Sanders Show, ah. underrated comedy uh, yeah. show, yeah, yeah. and uh, Bulletproof. Great movie. Oh, with Adam Sandler and, Mar- breakout and uh, Martin Lawrence, was it? No, no, no. Uh, Adam Sandler um, and... Uh, Damon Wayans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Cool. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so he went to college with Jerry. Um, I was interested because he said, uh, Jerry said, what's it been, five years? Yeah. Implying that he saw him in 1990, when did this episode air? 96. Yeah, that's right. So he would have seen him in 1991. So he would have been friendly with him or at least caught up with him. Yeah, yeah. That would have caught up after college. two and three yeah. of, uh, yeah. of the series. I was thinking maybe they lost touch uh, because Seth got, you know, a job in the corporate world, probably right. working more hours. Yeah. And Jerry's, you know, over the series, his comedy career got probably a bit more successful. Yeah, it did. So, you know, their lives sort of took them in separate directions because of their jobs. That's right, yeah. I mean, you know, I think Seth, I don't think he really wanted to get into corporate. No. I think he kind of harks back to, like, the college days and stuff. And, you know, the fact that he blows off an important meeting, which yep. could decide his career. Yeah. You know, the fact it's the Citibank account, which would be, like, the biggest for the firm. Well, it's an, he works at a big investment firm. Yeah, He just yeah. landed an account with a huge bank. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, that's a huge deal if you yeah. work in that world. And you can't miss that meeting. No. You know, barring, like, death or something, you yeah. wouldn't miss that meeting. And even Jerry, who yeah. doesn't work in the corporate world at all, he knows, understands. knows like, the significance of meeting it's that like, meeting. like, why did you do that? It's like, what? Yeah. You're fucking crazy. Yeah, this is crazy. I know. It's it's funny how, how Jerry is just so reactive to it. Yeah. You know, even he's like, 
man. Jerry's usually blasé and yeah. doesn't really give a shit about many things. He's like, yeah, whatever. So clearly he got along with Seth, even mm. though they know each other through Moochie. Yeah. The, the deceased Moochie. Yeah, and the, <laughs> the fact that Jerry's like, oh, really? When he finds out that Moochie's dead. Yeah. Makes me think that kind of like reinforcing my half theory, half joke before about you being Moochie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I think I think Moochie was just like the slacker of the group. Yeah, I think he was. You know, because they're not too bothered by his death. Exactly. I think I think if he was actually a close part of their friendship circle in college, he wouldn't have just said, oh, no, he's dead. Like, oh, really? Like, oh, wow. Like, you know, that's that's the sort of news you say, like, oh, what have happened to that guy? Oh, yeah, he got married. Oh, wow, that's cool. Like, Do you reckon he was like Spicoli in Fast Times at Ridgemont High? I haven't seen that movie. Oh, Sean Penn, he plays Spicoli, I think his name is. He's like okay. the surfer dude, and right. he's like Moochie. Oh, just a lazy slacker. Just a slacker. Yeah. Okay. Surfer dude. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? And everyone just knows him. He's and dead, they kind so of, it they can't, Exactly. And they're kind of in, like, you know, he's endeared. But you know, he's not really well regarded for his right. academics. Uh, no, no okay. I'm just saying this is what Moochie would be. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I'm sure. Like, I'm sure Moochie had potential, but he yeah. just, uh, you know, smoked too much weed, and <laughs> surfed too many waves. That was it. Even yeah. though they're in New York, exactly. Yeah, I think for Seth, I don't think investment firms were kind of his thing that he wanted. No. Do you think he was studying something else with Jerry? Like, do you think they were in the same class? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Um, well, I mean, they skipped poli sci, political science together. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they obviously had. You know, at least one class together. Mm, yeah. Um, I imagine that they were maybe in the same fraternity, um, okay. or in the same, um, uh, like the same dorm. Yeah. You know, I don't think they were friends before college. Mm-hmm. I thought they, I, I would think that they became friends at college. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, they just like to skip out. And I don't imagine Jerry was ever much of a partier. I don't think he would have gone out and like gotten drunk and gone to frat parties and stuff. Nah, I don't think it would have been his kind of thing. He but probably I, would have bulked at them. Bulked yeah. At them, you know? I guess like the real life Jerry, I think maybe he just. Um, you know, he wanted to do comedy before he went to college and he probably went to college just to go to college or just to have a backup plan in yeah. case comedy didn't work out. But I just don't think Jerry and uh, by extension Seth really cared about college that much because mm. uh, Jerry already had his heart set on comedy and, you know, Seth had his heart set on something else. Yeah. Um, obviously not poli- uh, political, political science, science or, um, no, no, no. Or, or corporate investment. No. Yeah. I also think that he doesn't have a family. No. Because if he had a family, if he had any sort of responsibility, he wouldn't have just blown off a meeting just to, yeah. you know, go catch up with Jerry. I think I, he would have yeah. thought, oh, shit, I can't, you know, I can't do something that would potentially get me fired. I think he's a slave to the daily grind. Yeah. I think he's kind of, he's in the corporate world, but reluctantly. Yeah. yeah. I, I sort of sense this, like, kind of, mm, not misery, but definite, um, it, it, it felt like he was being weighed down by his yep, job. Exactly. Like, I don't think he was happy. And, you know, when he becomes assistant manager at Kenny Rogers, he's happy. Yeah. He doesn't look depressed. He actually looks happier being an assistant manager at a, not a fast food place. Food cooked quickly. Yes. Good food quickly. Good food quickly, yes. It kind of reminds me of um, Kevin Spacey's character in uh, American Beauty. Oh, yeah. And he, works he, at the, he works at the junk food <laughs> yeah. place and he catches his wife <laughs> yeah. with, his, with, with him. <laughs> and he just mistress. doesn't care. Yeah. You know, what is it? He, like, blackmails his editor for hiring him. Uh, sorry for firing him. Is like you know I'll I'll say that you blew me or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. And he gets like, like a full time wage. Yeah. yeah, a full time wage. Uh, yeah, full time salary. Yeah. yeah. Say what you will about Kevin Spacey. Uh, <laughs> good actor. Great role. Yeah. Terrible person. Terrible person <laughs> in real life. But uh, yeah. Shit bloke. Shit bloke. Yeah. Indeed. Um. Yeah. Why? Let me let me put this to you. Like, why? Obviously, Seth. He understood the magnitude of having that meeting. Right. Mm. Like having Citibank on board. What? compelled him to cancel it entirely and go have lunch with Jerry. Do you think he was like he wanted to relive some of his college days with him and have good stories? Like maybe he he doesn't know anyone else in college and he kind of they're like the happiest times of his life and he kind of wants to 
you know, like if you meet someone from school or something and, you know, it's not you're not doing anything too important, you really want to talk to them and you talk like for a couple of hours over coffee about, you know, what happened in school or uni or college or whatever. What made Seth decide, like he, he knew it was going to be a big meeting. Why did he decide just to blow it off? I think it was a combination of him just being at his wits end in a soul-sucking corporate job. Yeah, uh, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, And yep. also just not caring because of that. You know, um, I just don't think he cared. I think he was almost like a zombie. I think he would have just gone to work and gone through the motions yeah, yeah, without yeah. any desire or inkling to be there at all. There was no passion in his job. No. So, no, so no. you know, when, when weighing up the decision of like, oh, I'm going to blow off this meeting to go have coffee with my friend and knowing intellectually at least that it's going to get you fired emotionally just doesn't give a shit. Do I think, think he's just I think he's just checked out completely. Yeah. Do you think he was trying to find care. a way out? Do you think he like he was trying to find an excuse to get fired? Probably. And then they wanted to keep him on cuz maybe he's like one of those employees who's like really good. Yeah. And then you know like he's an upper management. Yeah. Maybe he's one of these awesome managers but he's very reluctant to to do it. Yeah. Do you think maybe he was just trying to find an excuse and then Probably. suddenly he was like oh shit this is my chance. I think he'd already yeah. quit in his head. Yeah, he quit and, in his head. Uh, yes. And he just didn't care. Yes. You know, I mean he seemed a bit bummed uh before he got the job at um Kenny Rogers. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he was a bit he you know they sort of dressed him up to almost be like a George Costanza type. <laughs> yeah. You know like with his flannelette <laughs> shirt and stuff. Yeah. Um you know, know. Like, he, he looked like George if, if it wasn't for the glasses and the and the hair. Yeah. Like if he had glasses and a bald head it would have Yeah. Been Actually, tall, he, had, he had short hair, didn't he? Yeah, he said, sort of, "Yeah, he did." Like George he does, kind of yeah. yeah. He would have been like a, he's like a taller, thinner version yeah, of George, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think he was a bit bummed out, but that was probably just a bit of like anxiety. Like I've quit jobs before and felt great. Yeah. Like, oh fuck yeah! I know. I hate that job. I hate those people. <laughs> but then the next day, you're like, oh shit! Now I've got to pay rent. Like the reality sets yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. And there's always like yeah. a few days of like anxiety and like, oh, what have I done? Mm-hmm. And then you know, once you find a new job or like you start looking again, you feel better. Yeah. So I think he just went th- that through that period briefly. And then he got a job at Kenny Rogers and he was happy. Yeah, and he looks much happier. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, he's getting paid a lot less. Yeah. Um, and I think the money would have been keeping him in that job. You know, he hated it. He just didn't care. He did it for the money, yeah. He did it for the money. Yeah. Uh, working yeah. in that world, that high up, he'd be getting uh, remunerated very, very handsomely. Yeah, but, you know, it, for me, like, I'd rather be in a job which earns a bit less, but I'm yeah, happy. You know for what I mean? sure. Yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, that's you know, that's also the mentality of the corporate world as well. Yeah, it's just work, 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 especially Basically. in finance. And in the New more, York, so. yeah, and the higher your salary is, the uh, the more you work, the more hours you got to put in. Yeah, yeah, Basically. your life is theirs, not yours. Pretty much. I would like my own life. Thanks. Yes, please. Yes. Do you I'd have anything have else? Time to do bibble bars, please. Yeah, that's my, right. My other adventures. <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, no, nothing else on Seth. Uh, yeah, no, he was he was all right, I guess, for the for the plot. You know, kind of yeah. worked. Not very memorable. Like, no. there's not many good lines. No. It's not very funny. I don't think the actor himself. I don't know much about Mark Roberts, but uh, but now he's known. He's known more for writing and producing. Yeah, yeah. I don't so. think he's much of a comedic actor. Nah, but yeah, tell. definitely a good comedic writer. He played the role very deadpan. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's talk about Heather, the yeah. saleswoman. Yes, she's played by Kimberly Khalil, uh, known for being in Jerry Maguire, Misery Loves Company, and Partners. Uh, interestingly, she hasn't had an acting credit since appearing in an episode of King of Queens in 1999. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay, so she obviously quit acting a long, long time ago. Must have, yeah. Okay, yeah. so she... She uh, definitely has Marissa Tomei vibes. She does. George is right. She, she kind of resembles Marissa Tomei a little mm, bit. Yeah. Like young Marissa Tomei. Yep. Yeah. you got to wonder if Jason Alexander like threw that in you know, when they were writing the episode or when they were filming, like, mm. oh, hey, how about I mention that she's got a Marissa Tomei thing going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that plays into George's obsession with... Uh, with Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei, and, yeah. And his fantasies. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so Heather works at Barney's, which is a sort of an upmarket, uh, what do you call it? 
Um, it's like an upmarket department store. Department store. That's, that's right, what I was yeah. looking for. for some, a, in my head, a, I was like convenience yeah. store. <laughs> and she's not market Seven Eleven. Yeah, and she's a salesperson. That's right. Um, I I was wondering, would she also be like a manager or something? Because she says to George, like I'm going a bit ahead here, but when she says to George, you know, when he tries to say, "Hey, do you slide the hat? I don't have the hat." Yeah. Then Elaine and George come to the apartment, and then she goes, "Oh, I have a maid." Yeah. So I'm thinking, like, she's probably like. A manager of the store too, yeah. You know, as well as a salesperson. She's I don't in- think she's just a lowly because I don't think if you're working for those high end stores, I don't think you'd be getting a lot of money as a like a salesperson. And I don't you think you get commission either. No, I don't think so. No, no. I mean, mm. you, you probably get a pretty paltry rate. Yeah. So I'm sure if she can afford maids and she has a nice apartment to herself, that's true. You know, I'm sure. Yeah, she's probably the manager of that department yeah. of whatever whatever the sable hat department is. that's what i'm thinking or no maybe just yeah for like one section of the um yeah or uh, store manager or, or something store. like yeah, that it's got to be something like that i reckon yeah, yeah no that's true actually that's, that's i did vibe that i got i did make a note that she has a maid implying that she you know is uh financially comfortable yeah. at least yeah 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 um or that she hates cleaning yeah um, or both yeah. um mm-hmm. but uh yeah no i i didn't think about how she could afford that but that would make sense mm. yeah, yeah. That, that's what i got yeah she immediately uh, hates George. I mean, understandably, but... Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. She's and, just yeah. really off George. And she only says that the hat suits him just to get probably a commission. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I the mean, hat looks terrible. Typical salesperson. Yeah, you I know. know. Just saying what oh, you want to hear. It looks great on you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and then they go to the bar that after, you know, after work and laugh at laugh at the uh, the victim of uh, their, their sales <laughs> tactics with their friends. So. That's right. And then, yeah, she, she absolutely resents the date. She even says on the phone when George is about to leave and put the hat behind the couch, like behind the pillow... Even she says, oh, you should have had seen this date that I had. Yeah. She mutters it off screen. And then George comes back and he's like, Costanza. <laughs> She's right. like, what? She's like, what? <laughs> and then Do she you... grows to like George. Yeah, yeah, no, she does. She kind of he kind of got stuck in her head. Yeah, that's right. Costanza. <laughs> 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 what, uh, what do you think happened to the hat? Did she steal it? Well, she did say that the maid came over and a few uh, people came true, over true, true. for, you know, partying. Or one of whatever. them stopped. That'd be a pretty Must hard have been one item to, like, to, to discreetly like take out of a... I don't know. You know I don't what I mean? know. But I reckon probably what happened it could have been the maid. Yeah. Because obviously George put it in a really conspicuous place, like behind the couch. Yeah. And even when George puts it behind the couch, and when she he puts the couch like in front of it, you barely see the hat. Mm. It's like a big pillow. That's true. You know. So maybe the maid came in mm. and then saw the hat and he goes, "Oh, it looks good." Yep. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yep. Mm. I uh, I'd sort of forgotten about her mentioning the maid, but I was going to say. Uh, if the maid wasn't playing into it, I think she would have stolen it because if it if it was returned and uh, she would have had to refund the money, therefore losing her commission. Yeah. So maybe she was, but yeah, the maid took it, so it doesn't matter. Really surprising with the hat. I'm surprised because typically, if this was like a season three or four episode, you'd probably see the hat being worn by someone else. You mm. know, like another character of some sort, yeah. maybe on the street, and then George would investigate. Yeah. And say, where's the hat? You know, that's, that's more of like a season three, four. Kind of reminds of me of um, yeah, uh, Larry David's cape. Like Larry, yeah, I could imagine like if Larry David wrote this episode, he'd probably he'd have it so someone's wearing like a similar hat. Yeah, and George's like, "Where'd you get the hat? Yeah, it's not, my, it's my hat. I bought it. You know, mm. so because it's season eight and basically Jerry and several writers had the reins, they thought they'd you know just make George wear it, make George wear it, and have yeah, like a really weird ending to the whole the it, whole plot. It does seem a bit out of character for George to just. I mean, I'm thinking of the uh, the puffy jacket. Yeah, that's one thing that he's got, but that's practical rather Gore-tex. than Gore-Tex. <laughs> you know, that's I mean, that's yeah, that's practical rather than uh, you know fashionable. Yeah, 
you know, whereas this hat is pure. I mean, it ends up being warm. You know, it traps the heat. And he doesn't it even traps have to wear it. He doesn't jacket. have to wear a coat. I to wear a coat. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it does seem a bit out of character for George to, um, you know, to buy something even though it's free. Yeah, he loves free stuff. Yeah, he he's does. a stingy motherfucker. Of course. Uh, yeah, it does. That's right. I'm I'd- surprised. I'm just surprised there was no scene, like I said, where someone was wearing a hat. It couldn't, or maybe he could have gone into like Battery Park. Yeah. And maybe George tried ripping the hat off and it ripped in half. Yeah. And then the guy's like, I bought it at Battery Park for forty dollars. True. You know. Yeah. Like. Like I said, if Larry David wrote this, I reckon he would have incorporated that yeah, somehow. That's true. Yeah. Because, you know, you sometimes you get like those tropes where like one of the characters are missing something and then someone else has got it. Yeah. And they're like, that's mine. No, I got it from this. Yeah. And you don't know whether they've stolen it or it's like a replica yeah, like or something. Like the statue or yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like that's definitely like a Larry Davidism. That's true. You know, hmm. I'm just surprised that they didn't go down that route. Hmm. Yeah. Probably got too tiring or too Maybe. formulaic. So I thought, oh, we'll do something different. That's true. We'll do something absurd. You know, George has. You know, Heather's clock in a bag, yeah. and they think it's a sandwich, and then he's trying to come up with different ways to get out of it. He's like, and he oh. blames salami. Yeah, that's yeah. salami. I never thought about any of that, but it all yeah. is. Uh, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, it is a bit odd. Yeah, but it's good. It works. Yeah, it works. Yeah, works for sure. Well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it fits in with the general wackiness of season eight, and nine. Yes, indeed. Yes. Uh, last secondary character we'll talk about at length is yes. Roger Ipswich, the it, uh, accountant at Peterman's. That's right. Played by Michael D. Roberts. He was born on Christmas Day in 1947. Huh. Yeah. There uh, you go. Nice little fact there. Uh, he's known for appearing in Rain Man, Quinish is the safest airline, uh, <laughs> Hostage, and Manhunter. And also Night Rider. Yeah. And uh, he was a one-off guest on the Michael Richards show. That's right, the ill-fated 2000 uh, <laughs> Have show. you actually seen any of that? Nah, I haven't. But yeah. they only lasted like a season. I yeah, think. apparently yeah. it's pretty terrible. Yeah, that was during the uh, Seinfeld curse days. Yes, yeah. And, and a few years before Michael's uh, infamous Laugh Factory event. About <laughs> seven, seven or eight years. That was 2008, I think. No, oh, that happened that, that, that late. I thought I it was like mid-2000s. Was it? Oh, I don't 4, know. 05, Look that up. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll do. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Ipswich, he really he doesn't fuck around, does he? No, he's a very serious man. Yep. Takes his definitely. job very seriously. Mm-hmm. Yep. He comes across as a sort of man who probably started out, you know, just being an accounts payable at Peterman's. Yeah. I mean, you never really know how many people work at Peterman's. I'm going to guess, say, 50? I, I have a feeling he was an accountant from somewhere else and then Peterman uh, hired him. That's, I don't think okay. he worked his way up. Right. Yeah, he seems pretty... He seems like... one. Like, to me, he seems like one of those kind of guys who's seen everything. Okay. He's like, oh, you claim that as an expense. Yeah. Uh, no. Yep. He's probably uh, no, seen a lot of that. executives try and, like, pull the wool over his eyes. Yeah, exactly. Mm, so Try and pull the hat over his eyes. Yeah, the sable hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the rat hat over his eyes. The rat hat over his eyes. Exactly, yeah. The he's rat a, fur. He's a very sarcastic man as well. He sure is, yes. Yeah. Having you as president is very appealing. <laughs> Roll's eyes. <laughs> and then Elaine detects the sarcasm. I love how... I love her... I love Julia Louis facial expressions like when she detects the sarcasm she's like huh? oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah it's good she seems Great really acting. uh he seems really sort of um uh amused and kind of happy that elaine is probably going to get fired oh yeah she's, so I, think, I don't think you can stand elaine no i think yeah. he's had it in for elaine uh ever since peterman fled to burma yeah and uh appointed yeah. elaine maybe maybe he got fucked over for the job as ceo i mean if he's you the think co- so? if he's the cfo or the cost controller yeah um you know a maybe lot of he the, wanted to be president well a lot of the time you know i mean a lot of the time cfos and and cost controllers are promoted to ceo roles because you know they're running the a major well they're running the, the heart of the business the money yeah yeah so maybe you know maybe he has resentment towards elaine because uh peterman just appointed elaine uh, rather than him, you know, maybe he's been working there for a while, yeah, and, or working in in in, you know, he's worked his way up, whether at Peterman's or somewhere else, and uh, he thought his time's due, you know, Peterman's uh, off, 
in Burma. And uh, yeah, he got he got uh, he got shafted. He got shafted. Yeah. So maybe that's okay. why. He's, yeah, I don't know. And he like licks his lips when Elaine can't, you know, yeah. show the hat. Yeah. Like, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She's going to go down. Yeah. For whatever reason, he's definitely got a personal vendetta against Elaine. And I have a feeling that Elaine could have fired him. Okay. You know, because you know how she says, "I'm president." Does that mean I can fire you? And then if no. she goes, "No," I reckon that. Yeah. She probably could. Maybe. But then again, Peterman's got to sign off on everything, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I imagine that... She probably need to call Peterman and say, hey, can I fire him? Yeah. And I imagine yes, usually but. for like, even though um, Elaine's the director or the CEO or whatever. The president. The president. Acting president. Yeah. 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 I, I don't think she has uh, direct autonomy to fire other executives and board members. It's probably got to be a board decision. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But she could at least take it to the board. Yeah. 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 But I don't think that would support I don't think they'd vote her out. I, don't, I, think the, I think the whole board wants... Elaine gone. Elaine gone, yeah. You know? That's true. Um, again, because all of them probably thought, oh, now's our chance to become uh, director of the company. Yeah, yeah. And then they're all uh, fucked over for <laughs> Elaine. So, But she doesn't have the numbers for the support. No. So even if she tried doing a board meeting, there'd probably be like a spill, you yeah. know, like what happened here yeah. in Australia. It would be like Australian politics. A lib spill. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think uh, when um, Ipswich took uh, the store, well, took his uh, problem to the board, I reckon all of them were... You know, rubbing their hands with glee, the <laughs> hoping, firing away. hoping, yes, for sure, yes. So they all thought, finally, she's <laughs> out, she's gone, and then Peterman comes back. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I do like the scene when Elaine goes to uh, to Peterman in Burma, and she's like, "I just need you to sign off on this." Yeah, so, like, I need to see the hat, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Right, <laughs> yeah, of course, of course you do." Yes. So I think this is the last time you see Peterman in Burma, and he comes uh, back after. I believe this, so. It? Yeah, yep. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, Elaine's like running the t- the company terribly. Yeah, that's like, right. I need to come back. Yeah, and he yeah, does, and he does. things are just back to normal. Yeah, like, like it's nothing, like nothing happened. happened. Yeah, yeah. He shaves off his beard. <laughs> yep. He stops being a white poet warlord. White poet warlord. Oh, you Burma. are the only white poet warlord <laughs> yeah. in the area. <laughs> Did you have trouble finding the place, Elaine? <laughs> yeah, trouble finding it. I can probably get the last fan boat out of here. <laughs> Do you have any notes on any other secondaries? No, that's it for me. Okay. There's basically only three yeah. major ones, really. Other than Peterman and Newman. Oh, and Newman, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to say Newman. This is probably top two or three Newman oh, performances. episodes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely. not in it for a whole lot, and yeah. the plot doesn't really revolve around him. But it's he's about involved. Kramer, and he sort of just supplements Kramer's uh, plot in the, in, the, in the episode. But just him watching him eat, like when he um when he's eating the chicken and Kramer's like sort of you know eyeing yeah, it off, yeah, yeah. And, and then Newman like, snarls and then Kramer yeah. goes, "Oh come on, come on!" And he's like, "It's uh, the wood that makes it good." It's the wood that makes it good. I love when Newman goes out of Jerry's bathroom. Yep. you have a very nice apartment here, Kramer. I mean, can really get, get, get some thinking, some done, thinking done here. I <laughs> said, <laughs> reading while t- taking a shit. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> he doesn't, like uh, he doesn't care about the the apartment. He's just got a better toilet than Newman yeah. does. <laughs> And then Jerry's like disgusted. Yeah, it's like, Ugh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely an awesome. You would need broccoli if it was deep fried in chocolate sauce. <laughs> I like his wheezing cough. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. Give me honey mustard, honey <laughs> mustard to wash it down. Vile weed, vile weed. <laughs> yeah, great, great Wayne Knight performance. Oh, Newman. excellent Wayne Knight. Yeah, one of my yeah. favorites, if not my favorite. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Very good one. Yes, that's all the secondary characters this week. We are going to take a break, and then after that, we will go through our Seinfeldism, Seinfeldia, and our top tens for the week. Kenny, 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 Kenny. You need a mouthful of food to pull that off properly. <laughs> I do. Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. Number sixty-seven, family feast. Number sixty-seven. <laughs> right here, right here. Hello, Newman. Hello, Jerry. And don't forget your steamed broccoli. Hold it. Broccoli? Newman, you wouldn't eat broccoli if it was deep fried in chocolate sauce. <laughs> 
I love broccoli. It's good for you. Really? Then maybe you'd like to have a piece. Gladly. This is But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, and today, Stephen, we spoke about Season 8, Episode 8, The Chicken Roaster. And if you've listened to our podcast for the last few weeks, you're probably wondering, hey, all these episodes are out of order. That's the idea, buddy boy. <laughs> we just forget an episode randomly, and we uh, we pick it. That's right. We don't follow the chronological episode. Uh episode and season order, mm. we do them at random. That's right, yes. Now, Stephen, every week when we do review an episode and its secondary characters, we decide to rank the episode. So, Stephen, this is, you won't believe this, this is our 60th episode that mm-hmm. we've reviewed, not including our What's the Deal Withs and uh, our special eps. Yep. Our 60th episode. So, well done, Steve. Yes. Yes. Congratulations to us. Indeed. Now, where does the chicken roaster sit in your 60? It sits at number 34. 34. Okay. Yep. Good. Solid, solid entry. Yes, that's yep. right. So, underneath the chicken roaster is the stall at 35. Yeah. Number 33 is the wizard. And my top 10 episodes, quickly, are the apartment, the bubble boy, the pony remark, the baby shower, the stakeout, the limo, the sniffing accountant, the movie, the pen and the jacket and if you want to hear uh, more detailed top 10 episodes uh, then you can go on our Patreon page right. where Stephen and I if you're a $2 a month plus subscriber to our Patreon page you can listen to a special Patreon only episode where we go into depth about our top 10 and why we picked them and our top 10 secondary characters as well that's correct yes where does this episode sit for you Ivan? 25 okay very enjoyable episode very great season 8 episode solid uh, and it was very tasty like Kenny Rogers chicken yep, yep. I liked it yes what didn't you like about it? What didn't I like? Well, the broccoli. Vile weed. <laughs> <laughs> no, Broccoli's amazing. There's nothing I really disliked about the episode, really. Yep. I mean, uh, I don't know. I think the George subplot got a bit tiring. Yep. It was just kind of like, I think it was just shooed in, shoehorned in, yeah. just for the hell of, you know, airtime. Mm. Um, yeah, no, that's really all I, all I can say. I mean, yeah, like you said, Wayne Knight, you said before the break, Wayne Knight gave a solid performance, and this one he definitely did. For sure. Um, yeah, and I think, yeah, probably the Seth character I thought was a bit boring, but I think it was meant to be like, yeah. and Land anyway. Yep. That was his character. Yep. Um, but other than that, no, I liked it overall. Yeah, no, very strong episode. Yeah. Really good, good episode. Very good. Do any of the, and I'd be surprised if they do, uh, characters appear in your top 10 and or 20? Seth is my number one. No, he's not. <laughs> no, no secondaries. Yeah. Sorry, man. Yep. I am the same. Yeah. And my top 10 secondary characters, again, just quickly, are in order. Rather, Joe, uh, sorry, Rather from the statue, Joe from the mango, Harold and Manny from the apartment, Susan Ross, Suella Mishki, Celia from the Merv Griffin show. Uh, the record store owner from The Old Man, Jane from The Hamptons, The Street Tops, Bob and Cedric, and Alton Bennis. Cool. I can't be bothered reading off my top ten, so subscribe to Patreon and I'll tell you what it is. Yeah? Yeah, <laughs> listen to that episode. Fair enough. Yes, please. Uh, any Seinfeldisms for you this <sighs> week? I'm so boring, man. No. No? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so just one. Uh, not very exciting. I listened to a Simpsons podcast out of America called Talking Simpsons. Oh, yes. You've talked about them before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in their latest yep. episode, they mentioned Seinfeld. Can't remember why. Can't remember how, but they did. <laughs> So I'm like, I'll count it. 90s stuff. Yes. Cool. That's nice. right. Uh, and to wrap up the oh, podcast. Seinfeld trivia. Seinfeld yeah, I, I forgot we had that segment. What Goodness are you doing? gracious. I, so I got to flip. We have a little Seinfeld desktop calendar, and uh, every week we read a little fact or factoid from the date 
of recording, which today being the 20th of September. That's correct. Yeah, I'm just getting it now. <laughs> <laughs> that's why uh, That's why I can hear the pages flipping I was, I was Ivan away from the microphone. I was thinking of chicken too much during the episode. <laughs> I was actually keen on eating chicken after the episode. Yeah. I was pretty keen. Yeah. 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 I was going to be like Kramer sitting in the bed, you know, wiggling his feet. You know, he's like a kid. <laughs> he's, he's like shaking. He's like shaking. He's, like, he's just stoked to have yeah. like a big box of chicken. Yeah. One thing I heard about that actually. What's that? Before you read the uh, Seinfeldia. Uh-huh, yes. Michael Richards, I think he was a vegan at the time or definitely a vegetarian. Oh, right. And okay. uh, he hated eating the chicken. So what would happen? He'd uh, spit it well, out he'd or? eat it and spit it out. Yeah, he wouldn't huh, swallow okay. it. Yeah, and yeah. You never. And if you watch the episode, you never see him swallow. He's no, always that's true. just chewing. He's just chewing, yes. And apparently uh, when they were filming the scene when he's in bed, like shaking around, you know, looking stoked eating the chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as they'd uh, cut, he would just spit all the chicken into a big bucket. Oh, all right. Yeah, but that uh, that's his dedication. Uh, eating yeah. food he doesn't want to eat. Good for him. Good for him. Good for him. And for us. And for us. <laughs> if you were in the episode, you'd do the same thing. Uh, <laughs> You'd probably yeah, well, if chicken. I was getting paid that much money, I think I could justify it. Oh, no. Yeah. What well, your vegan I, buddies have to say? Well, I'd donate a whole bunch of money to you know some sort of charity, and that'll, <laughs> that'll equal out the universe. Yes, indeed. Because <laughs> money solves everything, right? Yes, it does. Uh, yes. So anyway, today is Thursday, September 20, and today's Seinfeld trivia is as follows. Nice short one. Jerry Seinfeld told his writers that nine was his lucky number. I think I already knew this one. So he just had to go out with his ninth season. There's just something perfect about nine, he said. <laughs> okay. That's it. Nice awesome. and short. Short and sweet. Fair enough. Mm, yes. Cool. Well, uh, that's another week of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Next week, we do have a return of a very special guest. That's a right. A friend of ours. She has been uh, overseas for a few months, but uh, she arrived back on home turf this week, and she's joining us in the studio next week. That's uh, right. Stacy. Stacy yes, is joining and, us. And, and she'll be with us for The Deal, a season deal. two episode. That's right. So we can't wait to talk about that one. Nice early one. So... Before then, if you want to get in touch, you can. We've got an email address, biblebasspodcast at gmail.com. We're on all social medias if you want to say hello. Uh, we're on all uh, podcast apps as well. Yeah, so pretty if much. To, if you want to listen to previous episodes uh, or subscribe or leave us a review, that would be amazing. And as I mentioned at the start of the episode, we have noticed our numbers have gone up quite a bit this week. So uh, thank you very much for those who've uh, joined us for the first time or you know, you may have heard from word of mouth or, you know, on social media and stuff, you found out about it. So thank you very much for getting on board. That's right. Really appreciate the support. Yes. And uh, as you heard at the very start of the episode, we do have a little survey. So if you want to pop over to uh, the link that are in our show notes, that would be awesome. And finally, we are on Patreon. If you want to support us, uh, patreon.com forward slash bidwabask for $2 a month, uh, you get access to exclusive content. Yes, that's right. Exclusive content. We've got a couple of bonus episodes on there already, and we've got uh, some early access to future episodes coming up soon, but we'll give more details about that later on. That's right. Indeed. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And we'll see you next week for The Deal. The Deal. What's the deal? What's the deal? What's the deal? Thank <laughs> you.